0: Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. want to welcome you to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we speak with leading agencies, technology partners, and consultants in customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology trends and best practices that impact the ability of brands to drive unique experiences, enhance engagement, but most importantly, drive customer loyalty. Uh, Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andy O'Dell, who's the Co-Founder and Chief Strategy Officer at Clutch. How are you today, Andy?
1: I'm well, thanks. Good to well, see you yeah.
0: Nice seeing you as well. Uh, that nice uh, little comfy uh, uh, locale you have there, it looks
1: like. Yeah, it is comfy, yeah.
0: Good. Well, first off, we'd like to start these on a more personal level. would love to know a little bit more about you, uh, especially for those who uh, may not be familiar with you. Uh, kind of your current role at Clutch, maybe a little bit of your background, your history. I uh, would love to know yeah. that.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So as you mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders here at Clutch. We're a retention marketing platform. So a lot of loyalty program, uh, execution, uh, offer management, execution, et cetera. But uh, underneath the role of chief strategy officer, I kind of have multiple disciplines. So sales, marketing, partnerships all roll into uh, my, my function. And so think of me as sort of front of house, everything client facing market facing customer facing uh, kind of falls under my purview. And then my co-founder um, uh, and CTO uh, has all the technology and product side of the business. So we partner really well around things like product strategy, product vision, product direction, landscape analysis. So we're constantly looking around at, at the trends and the indicators that, you know, we see in the market as to what's going to be needed, what's going to be kind of next gen. Uh, and we partner up around that.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Of course, my background, definitely serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, we founded this company over 10 years ago. But prior to that, I've, I've had, uh, you know, different iterations of entrepreneurship, everything from real estate development to mobile app development. Uh, but I think a lot of that kind of set me up for some of the challenges that we're facing today.
0: Okay. Uh, a fun fact, uh, a passion you may have. Uh, do you like jumping out of planes? Do you have fourteen kids. Do you like the scuba dive? You know, what's something you enjoy on your downtime, kind of outside board?
1: Yeah. So I was an athlete um, all the way through college, and uh, so sports are a big part of my life, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, a great training ground for things like sales and and entrepreneurship, but. Uh, I have two daughters, and uh, they're both athletes. They both play uh, elite-level soccer and elite-level lacrosse, and I coach both of them. Um, so for me, being able to pay it forward and, and kind of help uh, set some foundational principles in place for these young girls specifically um, has been way more rewarding than anything I accomplished in my own athletic career, just seeing them develop seeing them become strong, not just people and athletes, but, you awesome. know, mentally strong, emotionally strong. I think that's that's been really rewarding to me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was a I played club soccer at Miami University. I have two <laughs> guys graduating. One's going to swim at BG Bowling Green and one's going to play soccer at the University of Akron. So uh, nice. especially on the female side, I'm all about keeping the confidence the, the, uh, and the the smart be athletic tr- be driven and, and sports does that. Uh other things do that as well. But uh uh and, and we definitely share that for sure. So that's great to hear. I don't coach them anymore. I just spend lots of money getting all over the country to yeah. uh, getting yeah. training and private trainers and you know, all that stuff. But uh I used to coach them, but uh, when they used to listen, but uh, no, they're good kids. So that's great to hear that you have that same passion. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: Um For those who may not be familiar with Clutch, can you give us a brief overview of your company, what you guys do, how you do it, maybe the industries that you uh, work within?
1: Yeah, sure. So we're a technology platform. Um, One of the things that differentiates us from some of the competitive set out there is that we've broken our platform into five distinct modules that can be deployed individually or in any combination with each other or any of the external integrations we have with other platforms out there. Um, Our five modules include a customer data platform, uh, a loyalty management module, a marketing orchestration module, so the ability to configure and send email and SMS and MMS and others, Uh, offer management, any permutation of an offer, a coupon, a discount, uh, and then stored value, uh, which is everything from a gift card to a merchandise credit or promotional cash, Um, And the combination of those unlocks an infinite number of different retention, marketing, use cases. Um, But then individually, it can bolt on to a a very complicated enterprise ecosystem that might include Salesforce or Microsoft or any number of different point of sale systems um, so that you can effectively run all of your retention marketing in absolute real time. Um, So we grew up in specialty retail. We've been on the forefront of what was omni-channel and then personalization. And now I think we've moved into individualization, which is a step beyond personalization. And, uh, you know, we've taken a lot of what we've learned and a lot of the trails that we've blazed, um, helping specialty retail um, be competitive and and be more um, uh, personalized in, in how they go to market. And we've now brought that into grocery fuel convenience, consumer packaged goods, hospitality, healthcare, and financial services. So we straddle all of those verticals. Uh, It's the same platform. So I think that speaks to a lot of the flexibility of what you can do with the platform because it's not hard-coded to one specific series of use cases or one specific uh, vertical or sub-vertical within the market. It's a a massively flexible um, technology platform that's designed for the marketer. Um, so we, as a platform, knew early on that, you know, relying on technologists to run marketing strategies creates unnecessary friction within the business and unnecessary cost and time delay. So everything we've built has been built specifically for the marketer to be self-sufficient and completely autonomous within. So you don't need to be a technologist to go in and use the platform you can be a frontline marketer and within a very short period of time have a ton of confidence executing everything you're responsible for in the tools.
0: Okay. Excellent. Uh, very very robust platform you guys have for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that we saw coming out of the low TX, we just had that a couple of weeks ago in Orlando is uh, you know, there's uncertainty in today's market. I think you and I talked a little bit of that kind of, kind of as we prep for this uh it's a challenge for brands right from a, having the right people on uh in within their team or having the right technology but also you know how do you keep customers loyal and engaged uh a big challenge for brands these days they they some feel their sales are going to remain strong but some with maybe bigger tick items uh beds or cars may not feel the same way so you know from your perspective what are you hearing from brands uh, and their forecast for sales and how can customer loyalty kind of more holistically, uh, kind of, a, a you know, adapt and, uh, address some of those challenges.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've kind of gotten the double whammy, you know, the economic uncertainty, you know, three, four years ago was driven by COVID. Um, and now we're out of COVID and we're facing a different kind of economic uncertainty. Um, you know, and and I think what you're seeing is you're you're seeing a lot less discretionary income. You're seeing a lot less um, wallet share being shared uh, as you may have in in the past. And so brands are getting increasingly more competitive in trying to make sure that the dollars you are spending are coming to them. And I think they're doing that by trying to sweeten the pot on what loyalty means. And I think loyalty becomes a significant differentiator uh when you're looking at your competitive set uh because if i have money to spend i'm probably going to spend it where i get the best bang for my buck and loyalty is a compensation strategy right it's it's a way for brands to compensate you the consumer uh not only for being loyal with your spend but also for enabling you to track their data uh so that you can create a better experience a differentiated experience um for you the individual. Cause I think really what we're facing is we've emerged into an experience driven economy, right? So the, having the best price, the best product, the best location are no longer the leading indicators of success that they once were. And that's especially true as you move down the demographic curve. So younger consumers will travel farther and pay a premium for something that feels different. Um, and, and feel can take on a lot of different, uh, definitions in this construct. But I think, uh, you know, experience is really where the battleground is starting to shape up. Um, and I think those that are looking at experience driven economy or experience driven loyalty are the ones that are going to probably, uh, outperform those that are still using the spend and get models that you, you know, grew up with, you know, 10, 15 years ago.
0: Okay. When you look at uh, consumer behavior, uh, customer preferences, uh, a lot of change. You talked about uh, personalization, individualization are, are big areas of interest. You see from a uh, kind of a customer and brand perspective, uh, marketing perspective. You know, how do you think the customers, their purchase behavior, their preferences have changed in the last few years? Uh, you know, what trends are you seeing and, and which ones do you think are here to stay?
1: Yeah. So from a consumer uh, standpoint, um, you know, I think there's there's much more contemplated purchasing happen happening, you know, where someone might jump online and spend 180 bucks on a couple of shirts. Um, I I think they're thinking a little bit longer about whether they really need or want those shirts. And I think that's decreasing the frequency of spend, which is impacting. Um retail in a way that um, they're not really accustomed to. They're retail's also dealing with a glut of um surplus inventory. they had to buy much bigger during covid and and uh, in order to guarantee the the supply chain uh and and so I think it's a bit of a double whammy for retail. so they have sort of lower turnover uh mixed with uh diminished consumer frequency, uh, at least in specialty retail. I think grocery, and consumer packaged goods, there's some differentiation there too. You, you probably are seeing um, the grocery baskets a little less full instead of maybe a hundred items, they're buying 80 items uh, to support the family uh, just because of some of the underlying economic uncertainty that's out there.
0: That makes sense. When you look at uh, these changes that, that you reference uh, kind of across different industries, you know how can customer loyalty programs, customer loyalty strategies, Uh, you know, reward content or kind of bigger picture, you know, customer loyalty approaches impact the customer behavior, Uh, you know, and what do you see that may be working for some of the clients that you work with?
1: Yeah. So as I sort of touched on a second ago, I think um, if I've got a hundred dollars to spend, am I going to spend it somewhere where I'm just getting a hundred dollars worth of product or am I going to spend it somewhere where I'm getting a hundred dollars worth of product and, and something else, whatever that something else is. It's a better experience. Maybe it's a discount. Maybe it's, you know, loyalty that I can redeploy later on to kind of stretch my dollars on the next purchase. I'm probably going to choose the path that that has a little something more uh, on the table. And I think a lot of the, the luxury brands that are out there that have been sort of resistant to the concepts of loyalty because they perceive it as a discount, which impacts the brand cachet, I think you're starting to rethink that and they're doing that <clears throat> in some ways that um, convey value without necessarily impacting the price point uh, that they're trying to hold on to. You're seeing this in definitely more of the, the high ticket item purchase categories, uh, but it's gift with purchase. It's, you know, with cars, it's, it's, you know, additional service value that they can add on to the, to the purchase price. So, you know, your first, you know, X number of uh oil changes or services are are now included in the purchase price. So again, they're trying to find ways to extend uh the value that you're that you're paying for uh without diminishing the value of the product you're buying.
0: Excellent makes sense. When, when you look at uh some promotional opportunities, you talked about uh, you know, Weaving things into that initial purchase, the oil changes, others. Uh, uh, partnerships are a big uh, promotional opportunity if you can get alignment. You know, what do you see from a promotional opportunity perspective uh, that may be working for some of your brands?
1: You know, it's it's. Uh, I think everyone's trying to figure out what's going to move the needle, right? And I, I don't think there's like a universal answer to that. Um, and, and I think that, that really speaks to some of the big trends that we're seeing out there around machine learning and applied artificial intelligence. You know, Mark, you and I are very demographically similar. Um, we have a lot of the same interests. Uh, we, we have similar uh, careers. We have similar demographics. But you and I are not the same person. You know, personalization as an idea really stops Um, when you compare us demographically and and sociographically. So you and I would kind of be personalized in the same way under a personalization strategy. So the offers, the incentives, the motivators, the engagement that we would see or receive would be identical, um, but still personalized because it's looking at us at a segment level. Um, You know, a lot of what I think is out there around AI and ML is looking to fine tune down to mark the individual and what's going to move the needle for Mark. And how do we deploy that at scale, that true one-to-one level of engagement? I think ultimately where we're going as an industry is brands need a platform that can truly execute one-to-one and not just from a marketing standpoint. Like I am in my own loyalty program. So if a brand has 10 million consumers in their loyalty program, they really have 10 million loyalty programs. They don't have one program that has 10 million people in it. And I think that's the big trend that that I think is starting to take form right now. And that's why there's so much investment in the ML and the AI side of things, because marketers would never be able to scale that level of individualization without automation and artificial intelligence doing the work for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so when you look at the this current economic state uh, challenges with regard to uh, staffing, technology, integrations, automation, you know, how does this current economic state impact a brand's approach to customer loyalty and kind of the, the strategy they're putting in place?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know it's 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 kind of the holy grail of how do we make it work today. Um, And I think there is a lot of replatforming going on. I think there is less reliance on consultation and strategy and maybe more emphasis being put on execution uh, and optimization. So I think brands are trying to get by with less outside support and trying to insource more of the intelligence and the execution of strategy. And they're starting to hand the wheel over, much like, you know, drivers can now let Tesla drive for them. I think marketers are looking for solutions that will do some of the driving for them, which will save them time. It'll save them money. It'll save them lost margin. uh, It'll save them churn and a lot of other sort of KPIs that they're measured uh, by as well. So I think, again, the automation and, and the artificial intelligence and ML are kind of the big drivers here.
0: Excellent. Well, in that vein, when you look at, uh, you know, ML, artificial intelligence, uh, the chat, uh, GPTs, and, and and the opportunities. Uh, would that be one area of uh, you would recommend brands they should consider uh, to focus on, to get kind of grasp on? Or, you know, what one piece of advice would you recommend to a brand who's looking to optimize their customer loyalty offerings?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it all starts with data, right? So, for you to have a functional long-term strategy, you need to have a CDP, a customer data platform, whether it's homegrown clutches or anybody else's, you need to unlock your business by consolidating all of the consumer data into a single instance of who is Mark, right? Every interaction, every action, the lack of any interaction as well. So now the absence of data can become data, from which you can now execute upon. So I, I think uh, the challenging piece of that is that, you know, having a CDP doesn't have an ROI, right? So you're going to have to make this investment in core infrastructure, core technology to be able to actually execute an effective long-term ML or AI driven strategy. And it's it can be difficult to justify that because the cost is there, but the ROI isn't. Um, You calculate the ROI based on now being able to affect individualized loyalty strategies that are, again, driven by machines um, that don't ask for raises and never need sick time um, to kind of propel your business forward in a way, again, that feels completely authentic to me, the consumer, that feels valuable to me, the consumer, and enhances my wantingness to provide you with my loyalty, whether there's a program that I'm opted into or not. It's just a better experience. It's less friction. It's more timely. Okay. Well, Andy, uh, very insightful
0: today. I love your takes on uh, kind of the state of customer loyalty and and what you're seeing uh, with regard to AI and machine learning and how brands can leverage. Uh, So thank you very much for taking the time to share it with us and our audience. Uh, Again, it was very insightful, very germane.
1: Cool. Thanks, man.
0: Absolutely. Uh, thank you everyone else for taking time to listen today. Make sure you join us again for another edition of Bulletin Live soon.
1: Have a wonderful day.